Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Nation, what is up? What is happening? We are back again for another week. We are on to week seven. And if you've been following along this week, uh, there's a pretty simple narrative that this is a really gross week because uh, there is a there is just a, a massive amount of teams that are on by six teams on by this week. It includes teams like the Bills and the Cowboys. So a lot of the high powered offenses are on by this week. And then we have the games that are playing this week. And there's a lot of uh, one sided affairs. You know, you have the Rams going against the Lions. You have the, the Cardinals going against the Texans. And so, you know, we'll see how everything shakes out. But there's a lot of players missing that we're used to, you know, seeing in here. So it's going to kind of open things up a little bit for some builds. But I also think we're going to see a lot of ownership trickle in to kind of a, a few games. Uh, so we'll see how that turns out. But other than that, you know, we got this dandy of a game, the, the Browns against the Broncos and this absolute shootout um, seven to 17 in the fourth quarter. But, um, you know, that's either here nor there. Anyways, before we get into the action, Maddie, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, excited for every single game on this slate this weekend to be better than the one we're watching tonight. That is for sure. Absolutely. It is. This is a uh, just looks like a preseason game. A lot of yeah. penalties, a lot of overthrown balls. I will say the Cleveland run, the Cleveland run offense continues to look good, no matter who's back there. Yeah, Dearness Johnson's look good. Uh, I have to say yeah. that. Um, and the Broncos continue just to look lost. So, yeah, their defense, their defense has been really bad over the last two now three weeks. Yeah, I mean they are missing some pieces along that defense. They've, they've had some injuries. You know, they're missing Bradley Chubb and. Um, a few other guys, and you know, Von Miller uh, has left this game as well, so that doesn't help yeah. them in their pass rush. So, anyways, no one's here to listen to the Broncos and Browns. So, why don't we jump right into it? If you're new here, you know, we go position by position. I know there are people in the industry that like to think that game by game is the way you have to do it, but I would be there to tell you that that is asinine and ridiculous. Don't listen to those people. So, let's keep it moving. Shall we? Let's start the quarterback position this week. We got it up top. Kyler Murray going against Houston at $8,500. Patrick Mahomes at $8,400 against Tennessee. Tom Brady at $77. Aaron Rodgers at $7,500. Lamar Jackson at $7,400. Matt Stafford at $7,100. Jalen Hurts at $6,900. Ryan Tannehill at $64. Joe Burrow at $62. Derek Carr at $6K rounds out the top quarterback so maddie where are you coming in this week yeah so i I think a lot of the ownership uh is gonna flock is gonna flock to patrick mahomes uh matt stafford and lamar jackson at the top which is interesting because kyler murray's in a spot against houston that if he wants to run all over them he absolutely can my question 
on Kyler Murray this year has been why haven't we seen the the upside with the legs that that we're accustomed to? I mean, he doesn't have a single game over 39 yards rushing. He, he is running, you know, five to seven times a game. But, I mean, the yardage just isn't there. Um, he has he does have three rushing scores, but those all came in weeks one through three. So, I mean, if there's if there's ever a spot for him to get it going with his legs, it has to be here against Houston, right? And I think him being the highest priced quarterback, he's going to go overlooked um, with everybody playing, wanting to play Mahomes, Lamar, and Stafford below him. So, I really like Kyler. We'll talk about DeAndre Hopkins when we get there, but um, I. I really like this this Cardinals offense for a couple different reasons. And I think that, you know, the Houston run defense is one of the worst in the NFL. And and if you're not playing one of the running backs, then it's Kyler that's going to get the production on the ground for them. So um, I really like starting some builds with Kyler Murray at the top. Uh, then from there, I am heavy on Atlanta and Miami this week. We've got Atlanta, who – ranks seventh in pace in neutral neutral game script situations and Miami ranks 12th. So this is a game that I'm expecting to play pretty fast. And both teams, uh, they have been wanting to pass the ball a lot this year. And these are two defenses that really just haven't been able to stop anybody at all. I mean, Miami has been down there with Washington and a lot of metrics and, and the fact that they just have not played any defense whatsoever this year. So uh, Matt Ryan's ADOT has slowly climbed each week from uh, week one to week six. It's gone up and up and up. And, uh, you know, last week they were without Calvin Ridley and, and we finally saw the Kyle Pitts blow up game, uh, over a hundred yards for him. So, um, I like the return of Calvin Ridley this week. I like this Falcons offense to, to get hot, uh, against this Miami team. And I think that, you know, both sides are in play. I really like Tua, uh, especially Tua. It's because Miami just really has no run game. I mean, Atlanta gets down to the goal line. They can give it to Mike Davis and and he can punch it in. But, I mean, Tua, he's going to throw a lot. Uh, You know, they're splitting pretty much evenly right now between Gaskin, uh, Ahmed. He got like 33% of the the snaps last week and and Malcolm Brown. So you're looking at a three-way share among three running backs that just aren't very good. So um, continue to look for the Dolphins to try to rely on Tua. And maybe this is one more, you know, one more uh, showcase for Tua before they trade for Deshaun Watson. So uh, interesting angle there as well. Outside of that, um, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. And and shout out Ryan Williams, uh, our former co-host, who would absolutely be all in on Matt Stafford revenge game narrative against the Detroit Lions this week. Um, It's really hard not to like Stafford against the Lions. I mean, it is such a good matchup for Daryl Henderson on the ground, but I mean, we saw just, even just last week that the Rams offense will not stop no matter how much they're up. Uh, they were absolutely pounding the Giants and Cooper Cup keeps catching touchdowns left and right. So uh, it's a spot that, you know, you have to like Stafford. They're going to throw the ball. That's just what they do. Uh, that's what their offense is built around. And, and Henderson's going to sco- get some some scores. But, I mean, one of his scores came through the air last week. And he only has uh, He only had one rushing touchdown. So, it's not like all the scoring production is on the ground, despite the good matchups that they're having. So uh, it, it's it's hard not to like Stafford again. Absolutely, and you have to feel like he probably wants us to go out there and just destroy them. Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, I know he said earlier in the week that uh, he has no ill will towards the the Lions. You know that he's going to say all the right things. You know, uh, 
So anyways, yeah, yeah I mean, there's nothing I'm not going to, you know, argue whatsoever uh, with playing Matt Stafford, you know, especially when he's only 7,100 compared to some of these other guys. But some guys that I like here that are going to go a little bit overlooked. Uh, one, I absolutely agree completely with uh, Matt Ryan for sure. Um, if you look at him, I'm really like you kind of mentioned in the last two weeks, uh, 62% of his total air yards have come just this last two weeks. And so he's really started, they've really started open on the offense, air the ball out. And, you know, he's also seventh in true completion percentage and 10th in red zone completion percentage on the season. We're going to have to monitor if Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, they were kind of questionable heading into this week. And I think another factor with this game is also just the fact that we're talking about a team that just played in London. And so, I mean, such a short turnaround, you know, before, you know, by the time they probably got home and everything else, you're probably looking at late Monday, you know, or Tuesday uh, before they were able to get home. So this is a really short week for them to be able to turn this thing around. I don't, I I think it's the first time that I've seen, maybe I'm wrong, that a team has played in London and still had to play the next week. Normally it is, uh, you know, you play in London and then, you know, you're kind of done for the week, you know, or you go on by where, you know, they just didn't get that luxury. So I think that's going to have to probably factor in a little bit as well. So I, I I actually really like Matt Ryan. I I hate playing Matt Ryan because uh, you know I you, I always feel like I get Matt Ryan wrong, but at his price tag and the matchup, I mean I, I think I think this is a pretty uh, one of the better spots, especially at his price. He's going to come into no ownership because right now they've allowed the uh, ninth most uh, DK points, third most passing yards, and sixth most passing touchdowns on the season, um, and they've also allowed an explosive play. Uh, at the highest rate in the league at 13%. So uh, I think that's really good news for somebody like Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts for that matter. So um, I, I think this is a pretty easy offense to stack. And if you want to run it back, you know, I kind of like Jalen Waddle on the other side mm-hmm. to run it back with. So um, I do like that game quite a bit. But another game that I like that's going to go overlooked, and I think it's the Raiders and the Eagles side of game, uh, this game. This game is, uh, you know, in, in Las Vegas, so inside the Dome. You know, Jalen Hurts is only is sixty nine hundred dollars. He's cheaper than some of these other quarterbacks, and he hasn't blown up yet. But he has been absolutely rock solid so far to start this season. You know, I mean, and the rushing production that we, you know, the one reason why you absolutely love playing him is there. He's second in carries, um, second in red zone carries. He's second in rushing yards and first in rushing touchdowns with five. And so, you know, he hasn't even blown up yet. Like he hasn't had that monster game where he's kind of put everything together. But he has got I mean, he is consistently, uh, you know, a top end, you know, kind of quarterback one every single week, putting up production. He has not had a non QB one week so far to start the season. And a lot of it is because of his passing or his, excuse me, his rushing upside that he carries. And so uh, he's only got two uh, 300 yard passing games. But, uh, you know, he's had some touch some neg- some bad luck with some touchdowns that were called back by from Devonta Smith. But, you know, like I said. I absolutely love uh, Jalen Hurts this week. And then, you know, I love running it back with somebody like uh, Darren Waller, who, you know, is not going to be as, as highly owned as the, you know, the top guys like Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. And so I think he's also due for a big game. So I like I like, I like getting access to this game um, quite a bit. And, you know, I, I prefer uh, Jalen Hurts at the price. You know, you know, Derek Carr is $900 cheaper. I don't, you know, I think you could go Derek Carr if you wanted to. But I, I prefer going to the Jalen Hurts side just because I think he has a higher ceiling with that rushing upside that he has. So absolutely love that game. And then from there, you know, like these really cheaper quarterbacks this week just aren't really doing a whole lot for me of guys that I absolutely want to play. I don't mind Sam Darnold at 5,900, mm-hmm. but it just it feels a little thin. Like I don't know how high of a ceiling he really has. 
And, and so I, I don't think I, you really need to go there. I do think Ryan Tannehill is interesting at 6,400. You know, kind of get a little bit different in that Chiefs game if you want to go on, on that side of things. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with Julio, but right now it looks like A.J. Brown should be good to go in that game. But it's just tough because, you know, if they get down to the goal line, almost always they're going to give it to Derrick Henry. And so it kind of hurts his touchdown upside a little bit. So he hasn't really had a really a, a, really a great game yet um, just because that a lot of it is because of, uh, you know, because of the fact of Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry is on an absolute historic pace right now. Three games with three plus rushing touch or three touchdowns. He's being more involved in the passing game. Like it, it's hard to deny Derrick Henry and what Derrick Henry has done as well. So it makes it tough to trust uh, Ryan Tannehill. But they're going to have to throw the ball in this game. They're not going to be able to. I don't think lean as much on Derrick Henry. They're going to have to open things up against this Pat Mahomes offense. Yeah, and at, at what point does Henry's body just give up on him? Like I know he is like a just absolute physical freak and. You know, he's built like a brick house, but I mean, he, what's he on pace for? They said like he's on pace for like 500 touches or something stu- absolutely stupid. And he had what, 375 last year? And he's like on pace to shatter that number. It's just crazy to me. Um, as we watch your boy, uh, Javante Williams. Was uh, he down sp- early? It was hard to tell. No, I think, I think he got in, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I love that that game, uh, the the Raiders Philly game, and and I'm on that side too. I would play, I would play the Hurts side with you know a pass catcher, whether it's Goddard with no Zach Ertz or Devontae Smith, um, which we can talk about Goddard at tight end. But um, and then run it back on the other side is is fairly easy. I, I feel like you just play Josh Jacobs on the other side. So um, I think that that's a pretty easy game to stack, and I do like the Hurts side of that and. I will mention um, just to follow back up one last thing on the Miami game. Miami ranks first in pass rate in neutral situation games. They are at 67%, which edges out Tampa Bay, who is in second at 66%. And that Tampa, that if that Tampa offense is going to go overlooked, which it might this week, uh, that is a defense that is full of no-name corners in the secondary facing Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. So I really like Tampa Bay if they are once again going to go overlooked, uh, as they normally do, it seems like. It feels like nobody ever wants to stack up Tampa Bay, and Brady just goes out and throws four touchdowns a week. So um, I am on that game as well. I think the Darnold call is interesting just because he's 5,900. And the Giants are just very, very, very bad. Uh, Like we saw, we've seen every single week that you just pretty much give up 30 points a week at this point. So – uh, you know, whether you're on Chuba and if you're not on Chuba, you know, I think Darnold at 5,900 makes a ton of sense. So, um, yeah, that's it's a, I think it's a pretty interesting week at quarterback. Uh, there's definitely a, a handful of spots where you can be different from the field with some really good upside. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think uh, something I, I was going to mention as well uh, in terms of pace um, in that Raiders and Eagles game, the Eagles currently are fourth at neutral, uh, a neutral pace. Uh, and then you have the Raiders who come in at uh, 14th. So not terrible, not great, but not terrible either. So yeah. that game could be, uh, you know, high pace as well. And then uh, I do want to hit on, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is at uh, 7,500. I think he's going to go overlook sandwiched between guys like Mahomes or, or I guess really Brady and Lamar Jackson and Matt Stafford are all right there. I don't think a lot of people are going to want to play Aaron Rodgers. Like, 
I, I may end up running some Aaron Rodgers lineups just because, you know, in this matchup, we know Washington's secondary is absolutely atrocious. Um, you know, the, you could throw on them at will. And, you know, I feel like this is a really prime bounce back spot for Devontae Adams. And I think even if you wanted to, like, I think you could stack up Aaron Rodgers with Aaron, Aaron Jones as well, you know, kind of run that stack with all three of them. And so, like, you know, and then if you want to run it back with like a Terry McLaurin, because we know that uh, the the Green Bay secondary is also extremely banged up. And so, you know, I think that's another way, you know, I, I think that's another stack you could go with that's uh, going to be less owned as well. Because like I have some concern with like uh, you know not so much with Kyler Murray because what Kyler Murray brings to the uh, brings to the table with his legs being able to get some rushing touchdown where more of the offense goes through him versus you know I think that Stafford I could see them you know where it's a game where all of a sudden you know Stafford throws for three hundred right but it maybe only has one passing touchdown because you know Daryl Henderson runs in two or something like that and so I would be I'm a little less you know excited to play Matt Stafford uh, than I am some of these other guys just because I feel like that, you know, some opportunities, I think, or, or there's more opportunity there, right? I'm not as worried about, because I know some people are going to talk about like, oh, this game could be, an, these games could be absolute blowouts, which they could, because I mean, right now, the, uh, the, the, the Cardinals are 17 and a half point favorites, the, you know, the Stafford's right behind them. And then even, even like Tom Brady and the, the, the Bucks aren't, aren't very off either. And of course, you know, there, there could be blowouts, but I think we have to remember, like, they still have to get there, right? Like, they still have to score those points, you know, to score those 40 points to make it happen. And we've seen, like, last week where Stafford and the Giants, you know, they got up and they kind of steamrolled. And he I, he, he didn't play much in the fourth quarter last week, but they got, that you know, they had to get there. He still scored, like, 28 fantasy points last, or DK points last week as well. So you have to get there to be able to make it happen. So um, I will say also, if you wanted to, like, a Stafford – Daryl Henderson, like Cooper Cup stack, I think it uh, makes some sense as well uh, if you wanted to go there and just kind of get all the touchdowns from that game. But other than that, you want to jump over to the running backs? Do you have any more you want to talk about? No, I think that, I think that does it for QB. All right, so at running back, you have Derrick Henry, surprise, surprise, at 9,200. Aaron Jones at 7,500. Then you have Daryl Henderson, who's only 6,600, which just feels too cheap for the upside that he brings. Joe Mixon at 6,500, which I also really like there. Feels weird to see uh, – well, Leonard Fournette at 6,400, then Cordero Patterson, 6,300. You know, like it's weird to see him there at that price tag, uh, especially with all the other uh, running backs around him. But then you have Josh Jacobs at 6,200, Chuba Hubbard at 6,100, DeAndre Swift at 6K. And then you also have Antonio Gibson, who's 5,900, who actually returned to practice today. And it sounds like he may actually play this week when it was really sounding like he was not going to play this week. So uh, it sounds like Antonio Gibson could be in play, which – we can talk about that at another time, but where are you coming in at running backs? Are you smashing in Derrick Henry or are you going to try to get a little bit different with some of these other running backs? I am going to have some Derrick Henry. Um, the, the matchup is just too good not to. And I think with him being, you know, nine K people aren't going to look to play him at that price tag because, you know, they're not used to him being that expensive, but I mean, he's, pretty much a lock at this point, assuming he doesn't get hurt. He's pretty much a lock for 25 to 30 points. And I mean, yeah, that like if he gets 25 and you don't have him, it doesn't kill you. Um, but I mean, he does have 35 point upside too. So like he can go for 150 yards and two scores and, uh, and catch a couple passes as well. So I am going to have some Derrick Henry. I'm pro- I'm not going to have a ton because, you know, I just – it's not like McCaffrey, right, where the path to 40 points is very easy. 
which would be a, a you know slate breaking score where regardless of his price tag, you have to have him. Um, I think he's more likely to score 25 to 30 than he is to break the slate with 40. So I'm I'm weary of of having too much Derrick Henry, but I mean the matchup is just too good to not have interest. Uh, Kansas City ranks 27th in adjusted line yards and they're 30th in allowing running backs to get to the second level. So uh, allowing Derrick Henry to get to the second level is going to be a problem for that Kansas City defense if that's what what they uh, allow on Sunday. So you have to have interest there. Um, outside of that, if it looks like right now Aaron Jones is coming in as the highest zone running back on the slate, and for a guy who's only going to get you know 15 to 17 touches, uh, you know they they have been making a conscious effort to mix in AJ Dillon more recently, and uh, Jones is just a guy who has always relied on his explosive playability to score a lot of fantasy points, um, you know, and that's taking minimal touches and turning them into explosive plays and long touchdowns. So. Um, I'm probably going to be lower than the field on Aaron Jones just because of the the high volatile nature of of his output on a typical basis. So from there, you know, Daryl Henderson, it's hard not to like him at 6,600 against Detroit uh, when you're not playing Matt Stafford. Um, I know Henderson hasn't had a 100-yard rushing game yet, but, I mean, the carries are there. Like, he had 21 last week. Uh, 17 two weeks ago. He's getting 85% of the snaps. So Sonny Michelle isn't a thing. That is Daryl Henderson's backfield. So you have to have interest there. Um, outside of that, I mean, what are you doing with Cordero Patterson? Like that, this, this guy is, you know, like a miniature Atlanta version of Christian McCaffrey, right? Like he's not getting as many carries as McCaffrey does, but I mean, seven, seven, nine targets. Like that is pretty significant for a guy at the running back position on a full PPR site. Um, and on top of that, he, he saw 14 carries last week um, and he he's had six, seven, seven and seven in his, in his other four games. So, I mean, he's just getting, you know, t- almost 20 touches a game, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, and he's just turning it into a production. So it's not like he's priced 7,500. I mean, 6,300 is absolutely reasonable for, you know, that, that involvement in that offense. Um, so you absolutely can play CPAT. And then we we very briefly mentioned uh, Josh Jacobs. I mean, the Philly defense will continue to talk about him all year. Uh, you attack him with running backs and you attack him over the middle with tight ends. And that's because they play that too high safety where they just allow you to run the football and they allow you to pepper him over the short middle part of the field. And they really, really, really try to prevent uh, deep passes down the field. So uh, the Philly run defense this year, they ranked 28th. Uh, in adjusted line yards and 28th in second level yards. So Josh Jacobs should have a ton of room to operate in this one. And I mean, he had two games where he's had only one target and he's had two games where he's had five targets. So uh, there is pass game involvement there. Um, He's playing 65% of the snaps. It's just such a good matchup for a guy who can go for hundred yards and two scores and uh, catch a couple of passes. He's like a miniature Derrick Henry for $3,000 less. So, in, in pretty much the same matchup. So I think he's very interesting. Um, outside of that, I'm not sure I'm going to have many of these other guys, except maybe the Arizona guys. Um, but I mean, it's, it's really been, you know, a timeshare between Chase Edmonds and James Conner. Like they're, they're eating into each other's produ- production and, and neither of them really stands out as a guy uh, who can just take over the backfield any given week. So um, outside of that, if, if, if Antonio Gibson were to miss, I think you have to play JD McKissick at 5k. 
What uh, what, what would you do if Antonio Gibson was ruled out? Yeah, I think you have to. Um, I would have some concern that maybe they give Jarrett Patterson some opportunity, but I feel like that with him, that if you look at it last year, the two games that Antonio Gibson missed, he did get like 11 carries and 13 carries in those games, and he got uh, peppered with targets. And so mm-hmm. it would be and hard. last week to... he had, what, eight eight carries and 10 targets, and, and Gibson left the game early? Yeah, I mean, he's only 5K. So, yeah. and I, I mean, I think he's kind of in play anyways this week, uh, just be, even if Antonio Gibson does play. Just because I feel like they're going to be monitoring Gibson a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, you know, we talked, we kind of talked about this on our, you know, the Fantasy Authority uh, show that we do, uh, you know, on Wednesdays. And like, he's probably heading towards like a fractured fibula, you know, because like they keep playing him and it's like it's stretch fractures. Those aren't going away, you know? And, and so, like, like, I don't know, like he takes the wrong hit and Antonio Gibson's out for, done for the year, you know? And so I don't know how much longer they continue to let this go on. You know, I'm not, obviously not a doctor, nor do I play one on TV. And so I try to stay away from the stuff like I really don't do stuff that I don't really know. But like, it just seems like a bad play or process to, to, to allow him to continue to run out there. So I think J.D. McKissick, whether he plays or not, is in play because I think he's going to get a lot more of this pass catching work in a game that they're definitely going to be trailing against Green Bay. Um, for me, in terms of the running backs, like outside of the guys that you didn't talk about, one, I mean, I don't really need to go into it. Daryl Henderson is an absolute smash play against Detroit. We want to play running backs against Detroit every single week. Just know, though, he's going to be high end. And so if he some fails or if he gets hurt because he's Daryl Henderson and Daryl Henderson has a propensity to do that, you know, you know what, what you're getting yourself into. But I absolutely love Joe Mixon at 6,500. Uh, he is incredibly too cheap, especially on this slate. I feel like he should be uh, more highly priced than what he is. Um, you know, he's only 70, uh, he's getting 73% of the opportunities in the backfield, eighth most among all running backs, um, you know, right now. He's not seeing the target share that I think we wanted to see from him, but they're also not really throwing the ball as much as, as we would expect. But I will say last week against Detroit, he is coming off the game where he, he uh, you know, he saw the most targets. He had six targets last week, five receptions, 153 total yards and a touchdown. He's also now scored a touchdown in three straight games. So uh, I absolutely love him against against Baltimore. Like really a defense that I'm not all that concerned with. You could definitely run against this team. And we saw a couple of weeks ago what you know Jonathan Taylor was able to do against him. So, you know, I love uh going after Joe Mixon here, especially at only sixty five hundred. And then, you know, uh Chuba Hubbard is at a is at a smash spot at well as well as only sixty one hundred. You know, if you look at him or if you look at them, excuse me. In terms of adjusted line yards, I mean, the Giants are dead last. They're 32nd adjusted line yards on the season. Um, And so this is definitely a spot that you can attack them with. So, you know, I like Chuba Hubbard, especially at his price. He's only uh, 6,100. So if you want to pay down a little bit at running back, I think that's an area you could go. There are some some cheaper running backs that I absolutely love this week. Um, And one is James Conner. I think he's in for a spot where he just absolutely crutches this week. So if you look at the way that they've kind of been handling things between Chase Edmonds and and him, we've sort of seen a switch here a little bit where earlier in the season between these two, uh, it was kind of Chase Edmonds was still quite, kind of getting a lot of uh, carries. You know, he was getting 12, 8, 11, 12. But the last two weeks, that has not been the case whatsoever. Only six carries week five and then four carries week four. And we're, we're, we've kind of seen the switch over to James Conner where he, James Conner has officially taken over the Kenyon Drake role from last year. Uh, you know, you look at him, I mean, he's had double-digit carries every single game, 16, 8, 11, 18. 
But then last uh, week five, 10, and he had 16 carries last week. He's just not seeing a ton of targets. He's only getting about one or two targets a week. He's running a few routes here and there. But so I think this sets up because if they get a, a big lead, I could see them just slamming them with James Conner, you know, in the second half and really running him right down their throat. Because, uh, you know, I don't think with Chase Edmonds kind of nursing an injury as well, do you really need to utilize it? Now, if Houston pulls a Houston, you know, and is able to keep this game, uh, you know, close, you know, which we've seen them do a few times, maybe that changes. But, you know, at his price tag, only fifty six hundred dollars. I I could I can get into some James Conner because I think that he sets up you know where he could see you know get eighty to hundred yards rushing and a, and a touchdown or two here at that price. So I absolutely love James Conner at his price uh, this week because I just think everything lines up for him, especially when you're talking about a seventeen and a half point favorite you know for for them as well at home. I just think everything sets up for him to kind of you know since he is the the, the main ball carrier in this backfield. Yeah, uh, you know, I think a lot of things set up for him as well. He's also eighth in red zone touches, and he's fourth in goal line carries on the season as well for James Conner. So, like I said, he is pretty much the uh, the Kenyon Drake now in this offense. So I do really like him. I think this is a smash spot for him. Uh, Miles Sanders, I am I am jumping back in to the Miles Sanders uh, experience. It is a risky one to get involved in, but I do like him at fifty one hundred dollars, and it's not hasn't really even been. Uh, the fact that he's like it because it's not Kenny Gainwell that's taken his his opportunities away from him. It has nothing to do with that because if you look over the last couple of weeks, he's really started to get more involved in this offense and really take more of the opportunities. Because if you look uh, week five, he played seventy four percent of the snaps, and last week he played ninety one percent of the snaps. Right, and so you have he played eleven carries week five, nine carries. He's, he's seeing targets five and four over the last couple of weeks. Now they, they get on a Raiders defense that doesn't really scare me all that much. The Raiders are 19th in adjusted line yards. They're uh, 27th and second level ranked and 27th in open field yards as well. And so I think this is also a way you can attack the Raiders. So I really do like uh, Miles Sanders, especially at 5,100. He is getting all the work. He's getting all the opportunities in this backfield. And I think this is a game that sets up for him that he could kind of have a little bit of a breakout game here. So at only $5,100, I'm going to get uh, – if you wanted to pay down at running back, this is the guy you want to, the lead back in this offense. And, you know, I'm not all that worried about the Raiders, like, running away for, with this game and kind of game scripting him out. Even if he does, he's going to get pass catching work either. So I like Miles Sanders at his price tag. Yeah, I mean – you're obviously going to play more teams than I am, so your pool is going to be a little bit more spread out than mine is. But, I mean, I, I absolutely can can get on board uh, with those guys, and, and I have absolutely no issue as well with the, with the James Conner play. Um, you know, it, it's one of the best matchups on the board, and, and he is their goal line back pretty much. So uh, if Kyler Murray's not going to do it on the ground, somebody is, and, and I, I think James Conner is a very interesting uh, play this week. Yeah. Uh, I, I I obviously agree. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I think, I mean, you know, Daryl Williams, I think is still interesting uh, at his price. They didn't price him up too much after the game he just had. He's 5,800. So, you know, and he, he kind of, you know, last week kind of uh, handled a lot of the, uh, pretty much the majority of the touches. He actually saw more targets than Clyde Edwards Hilaire has all year in a game. So in, in his first, his first start. So that's encouraging. You know, if you're a, uh, a CEH guy, but he played 70% of the snaps, 21 carries. He also ran 21 routes, four targets, three receptions, 89 yards, two touchdowns last week. And so, you know, I don't, I don't mind him. I think he's going to get, you know, he's obviously the goal line uh, back. He already has five goal line carries on the season, which is also 
uh, fourth among all running backs. He also has 14 red zone touches, which is uh, something that, uh, you know, in terms of a guy who's only, you know, on the season, only played 40% of the snaps and 41% of the opportunities. And, you know, with this offensive line for the Chiefs, you know, they, Joe Tooney, you know, even with the club on his hand, played really well. And they, they did have Mike Rimmers at right tackle. They, they removed uh, Lucas Niang, who I guess was an injury. Uh, we'll see how much of that is true or if it's Mike Rimmers. And then, you know, on the other side, you know, you did talk about Derek Henry, and I did want to bring this up. It looks like the Chiefs might be getting pretty healthy on defense. The only spot where I could see them not having somebody would be Anthony Hitchens, who left with an arm injury. But Chris Jones uh, actually returned to practice. He's been let practice a limited participant. And then Shavarius Ward, their other outside corner, uh, has returned as well. So they're getting some of their guys back. Though losing Anthony Hitchens is going to be a problem because they're going to be leaning on, you know, rookie uh, linebacker uh, Nick Bolton and then Willie Gay, who would be the other guy who they go with. So that could be a problem, obviously, going against uh, Derrick Henry. But other than that, you know, at running back, I don't really have anything else. I think those are kind of the guys that I really want to play outside of the really super obvious names. Is there anybody else you want to hit on? Nope. I think that covers it. All right. Let's jump over to wide receiver, which uh, is probably the most se- the sexiest position this week in terms of with all the buys and injuries and everything else. So uh, Devontae Adams, $8,900. Tyree Kills, $8,600. Cooper Cup, $8,400. DeAndre Hopkins, $7,700. DJ Moore, $7,100. Terry McLaurin, $6,900. Calvin Ridley, you love to see that price at 6,600. It's going to be hard not to have a lot of him. Mike Evans at 6,500. Robert Woods at 6,400. AJ Brown, or excuse me, Antonio Brown, 6,300. AJ Brown is 6,300, uh, or, or also 6,300. Jamar Chase is 6,200. He should be more expensive than he is what he's done so far this year. It's absolutely ridiculous that he's still only 6,200. Julio Jones at 6,100, which is who is questionable for this week. Brandon Cooks at 6K rounds out the the top guys. I guess I should also mention guys like Chris Godwin's 5,900 and Marquise Brown is also 5,900, which seems a little cheap for them as well. But Matty, where are we starting wide receiver? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously any slate pretty much Adams, Tyreek and Cooper cup can put up slate breaking scores where they go for 40 and it doesn't really matter, you know, what their price is. You, you kind of have to have them. That's what we saw at a Cooper cup last week. And, and we've seen out of Devonte Adams a couple times, uh, so there's not really, you know, much that needs to be said about those guys, um, especially with all of them being in, in really good matchups. So uh, those are the obvious ones. But I think, you know, DeAndre Hopkins just priced below those guys is going to go way overlooked. Uh, he hasn't really been, you know, somebody that's that's broken the box score yet. But I think this is the week where it finally happens. Um, over the last two games, he's seeing 107 air yards per game which is good for 23% of the targets and 46% of the air yards. Uh, and, and the fun fact with uh, the Texans is they play sides on defense, uh, which means DeAndre Hopkins, who stays primarily on the left side of the field for the majority of, of his snaps, is going to match up with our boy Vernon Hargraves for most of the game because he stays on the right side of the field on defense. So uh, they match up uh, with each other, and we just know how bad Hargraves is. Uh, he's never had a season where he's allowed under 100 passer rating. Uh, this year, he's allowing a 73% catch rate, 16 yards per target, one TD, and a 108 passer rating. So with Hopkins seeing a bump in, in uh, usage over the last two weeks and now gets a matchup with Hargraves, uh, and he's going to go overlooked because he's priced up there with the studs and, and hasn't been doing what the other studs have been doing. I think we could see a hundred and you know 130-yard, two-touchdown game out of Hopkins this week. Uh 
So he is definitely at the top of my radar. And then DJ Moore, it's really hard not to like him against the Giants. We just saw, you know, what Cooper Cup did against them last week and what, you know, teams have done against them all year. The Giants defense is one of the worst in the NFL and in all facets of the game. Uh, and, and DJ Moore is the alpha on this Carolina offense. So, um, you know, we have interest in Sam Darnold. We have semi-interest in, in Chuba Hubbard. But at 7,100, I think DJ Moore can also go somewhat overlooked with people looking to pay up for these other guys. So I think DJ Moore is a guy who can also has the ability to break the slate. Um, you know, we've seen him score 35 points against Dallas and low 20s against New Orleans and Houston. So getting he he has room to go for this just 25 points because he's only priced at 7100. So he doesn't have to get you the 40 like Devontae Adams has to get you 40 if you pay 9k for him. So uh definitely some leeway there saving 2k for DJ Moore. Outside of that, I mean we talked about the Atlanta Miami game, you know, Calvin Ridley's in play. Uh, his usage is pointing up. Uh, Jalen Waddle is is in play on the other side of that game. Uh, Waddle in the two games with Tua is seeing 9.5 targets a game. Uh, he's got 26% of the targets, over 80 air yards a game, uh, and he's going to be facing some fifth round corner who's hardly played any any snaps on defense this year uh, against Atlanta, who are allowing the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers. And we already talked about uh, how we expect that game to be played really fast and how. Miami ranks first in neutral situation pass rate. So Jalen Waddle at the top of my radar as well uh, for, you know, a semi-value guy, 5,600 is not a ton of value there, but I mean, 29 point DK points last week. And, and that's absolutely repeatable uh, here in this matchup considering his volume. So I really like that game. And then we talked about Tampa Bay. I mean, you can play any of Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, uh, Chris Godwin, they're all priced in that 50, 65 to, to $5,900 range. Uh, all three are absolutely in play there. Um, I mean, scrolling down, I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to get to any of these, you know, super cheap wide receivers this week. I mean, uh, I will say Rashad Bateman, even though he's going to be popular, I mean, first game back from injury, uh, he's $3,400, and he will be facing Cincinnati, who Cincinnati's been very good against the run this year. So this is a spot where Baltimore may, may need to throw a little bit more than, they, than they're used to. Uh, and Bateman, 22% target share in his first game back and was a main target of Lamar's, especially on third down. He had, I think, four – his first four catches all went for first downs uh, for the Ravens last week. So uh, Bateman's – Definitely a very good talent and, and working back here in his second week coming back off injury. I, you know, it just was very, very encouraging that he saw the usage he did in week one uh, coming back. So I think that he is the obvious value play uh, on this slate. And I'm curious to, to hear where you're going dumpster diving. Yeah, um, I think for me, a wide receiver um... – you know, kind of avoiding that some of the top guys. I, w- I will say, I absolutely love AJ Brown at sixty three hundred. There's not a, a Chiefs corner. I mean, I guess Lajarius Need um, has probably been their best corner, and then getting Shavarius Ford back would help. 
But I still think that A.J. Brown could kind of do what he wants here in this matchup against the Chiefs. And I will say uh, Thursday, Julio Jones did return in a limited fashion on Thursday. So that is uh, good news for him. The arrow should be pointing up for him actually getting in after uh, suffering a little bit of a setback in that game. But um, I will say Brandon Cooks at 6K. It's just, it's just the amount of targets that that dude sees. And there's really nobody in the Arizona secondary that even remotely worries me at all uh, to be able to kind of stop him. And if they're going to be trailing, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to be throwing the ball. And when you're getting a 33% target share in the offense, it's kind of hard not to have some interest in you when you're only six, uh, 6k and so i do like uh getting some brandon cooks here in this matchup i really like barkey's brown he is way too cheap at 5800 uh you know he has been one of the better receivers in the league this year and so i do like marquise brown at his price tag i'm a little concerned with with uh chris godwin a little bit because if you look at him um you know it's it's always hard because i think trying to get this bat this wide receiver room right because i think on any given week one of these guys is probably going to be squeezed out a little bit and you know trying to predict who that guy is recently it's been chris godwin who has uh not seen the same amount of targets you know two of the last three weeks he's only seen five targets in those games he does have one where he had 11 but so I think he's a little bit risky, but maybe, you know, he comes in a little bit lower owned than what, what, you know, than Antonio Brown, who's now more expensive and, you know, and guy like Mike Evans. And, you know, if that's the case, and I think I would have a little bit of interest in, in, in Chris Godwin at $5,900, uh, you know, that's just uh, incredibly cheap for him. But uh, I really like Jalen Waddle at 5,600 in this matchup against Atlanta. Uh, I do think that Jacoby Myers, one day this man's going to score a touchdown. Uh, just, just, he has cold, to. worse luck whatsoever he has to score he scored last week and they called it back i know like i was like legitimately happy for him. like when i saw it I was like let's go let's yep. go jacoby here we go finally gets him a touchdown and then uh, you see the flag and i'm like you gotta be kidding me put that back put that back ref hey buddy i guess he did get a two-point conversion like uh you know <laughs> he did he just he did he did i guess uh cross the goal across the end zone but it was just for two points so yeah <laughs> but if you're willing to pay down Love Darnell Mooney at forty six hundred dollars, twenty five percent target share. You know, in a game that they're going to trail, they're going to have to open up this offense this week. So I think both him and I'm just going to keep playing out Robinson. So I just keep giving away my money every week. He's only fifty one hundred dollars, just incredibly too cheap. He's eventually going to have a blow up game at some point. He's not going to be this bad all year. So I am going to take some shots on Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney in this offense. But you know, it's. It, it is. It is also Matt Nagy, who uh, you know is. Pro I think they're related to Adam Gase. I'm not sure. Or maybe maybe what ends up happening is Adam Gase just takes off a mask, you know, after he gets fired, and it's, and, and, and it's really Adam Gase, you know, behind there. I'm not sure, but regardless, the man should be fired already. I, I keep saying it every week, and uh, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but we'll see. But um, other than that, I do like McCall Hardman. He is kind of getting uh, a little bit more involved in the offense. They're kind of using him far more underneath, which is a recipe for some because what a teams have been doing to them. But, you know, he hasn't really been seeing the deep targets. He only has five deep targets on the season. But uh, he is seeing a lot of the underneath work, um, only uh, 10 yards per reception and 7.5 yards per target uh, on the season for him. But he is continually seeing, you know, a, a decent, you know, amount of targets every single week. He did see 12 in week five and five last week. He also has, you know, a red, he's getting multiple red zone opportunities as well. So I do like, you know, getting to some McCole Hardman at $4,300 if you're wanting to pay down at wide receiver. But, you know, other than that, like there's not a lot of these like cheap guys like Quez Watkins at a game sack. I think you could do that at $3,900 where they utilize him as, as kind of the deep threat in the offense. 
um, you know, as, as sort of a, a cheap guy. I think Van Jefferson is always, uh, you know, an option and, and involved in a game stack, not somebody I would play by themselves. But, you know, past that, you know, I there's not a whole lot. Um, I will say, you know, kind of uh, I, I did I did forget to talk about him. He is dealing with uh, he was limited today, but I, I think he'll be good to go. Um Sterling Shepard, uh, you know, you look at him last week and kind of what he did last week. He comes back and, and sees 14 targets against the Rams. And, you know, they are a team that is missing quite a bit of, uh, you know, of wide receivers there. We'll see if Kenny Galladay is able to, but he has not been able to practice. You know, Darius Slayton may be back this week, but still, um, you know, no no Saquon. And so Sterling Shepard, you know, and if Kadarius Tony is out, then, you know, I think it would be good news for Sterling Shepard once again. And, you know, he saw 14 targets last week. I don't think he has an incredibly high ceiling. But if he's going to see that kind of target share on a week-to-week basis, we have seen him be really productive this year. Week one against Denver, you know, nine for uh, – or seven for 113 in a score. The, the next week against Washington, he went nine for um, – Nine for ninety-four, seventeen and a half. But at a price tag of fifty-six hundred, I don't really mind. I don't really mind him either. So um, I think he's also in play. And then also probably the most unlucky wide receiver in the league, and that's Devonta Smith at fifty-four hundred dollars. He that man has had three touchdowns called back on him this year. Three. Uh, he, he should be far more than what he is, but he just continues to get unlucky. So I think that changes a little bit here in a game that I love. So I also like Devonta Smith. But other than that, that's kind of where I'm at. Where where, where you sit? Or yeah, do you I mean, have anybody else you want to talk about? No, I, I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, outside of, you know, Rashad Bateman, my value guys are going to be pretty far and, and few between. Um, I mean, you, I guess you can play a, a guy like, you know, Van Jefferson and hope for a, a deep shot there in, in L.A., but it's just – Yeah, I think I, – I don't – I wouldn't play Van Jefferson, like, by himself. He would have to be involved yeah. in a game stack or something yeah. like that. So – yeah, right. there's just there's just not much value this week at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, so many teams on by and everything mm-hmm. else. I mean, it is tough uh, to get some of these guys. So, and there's not many like there are going to be some decently high scoring games, but I mean, there's only what two games over the total over fifty. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you wanted to go with the other side of uh, of these blowouts, where maybe you know they see a lot of pass catching work, you know, like like I said, like the. Um, on the Arizona and the Arizona game, like, you mm-hmm. know, Brandon cooks, I mean, he's not cheap, but even guys like uh, Nico Collins, you know, if he, if he's able to get in there, I mean, he had saw four targets last week. Um, I think he would be possibly an option if you wanted to do something like that, but it is really thin, but you know, you don't need a whole, whole lot for, you know, where those guys come in, at, uh, you know, in terms of pricing. So, um, but it's not really a great week to really uh, pay down into the super lower tier. Like I would much rather pay up. A, a little bit farther and get to guys like McCole Hardman and, um, you know, Darnell Mooney and, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it just, it just feels like it's shaping up to be a pretty balanced week across both running back and wide receiver. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't know how much I'm going to end up getting to those super, super high price guys just because I don't really feel great about any of the value that's available. Yeah. It feels like a week, uh, you know, you feel okay. eating a little bit of chalk. So, yeah. Um, all right, well, let's jump over to tight ends then. So you have Travis Kelsey, surprise, surprise, at 7,600. Darren Waller at 6,700. Mark Andrews at six at six k. Kyle Pitts at 5,900. TJ Hawkinson at 5,100. Gronk at 4,800. Gesicki's at 4,700. Dallas Goddard, 4,600. Tyler Higby, 4,500. Hunter Henry, 4,100. And Zach Ertz at 3,900. 
one, where are you starting at tight end? Two, are you playing Zach Ertz at $3,900? Because for me, I will say personally, I feel like I'm out, like, and that, uh, on, at least for this week, right? Like, I know he's cheap. He's not, he's not going to cost a whole lot. And, but I just don't know. I want to see how involved he's going to be, especially when they have so many weapons there. I mean, you have guys like, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, and Chase Edmonds, but then you also have, you know, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, AJ Green. Like, there's so many weapons there. And yes, we saw when Max Williams was there that or was healthy. Max Williams is seeing four or five targets. And if he gets five or six targets, you know, at $3,900, and he, he becomes a, a, at least a decent play. But, like, I just don't know week one, kind of learning the uh, first week here, learning this offense. He hasn't, he's been there for what, just over a week at, by, by this point. So I think he's going to carry a lot of ownership because of the matchup and the price. And I just, I, or I, at least probably more ownership than probably what he should. And I, I just don't know if I want to do that. My concern with Ertz is he's going from an offense that heavily utilizes the tight end to an offense that doesn't really use the tight end a bunch, that they just kind of use everybody. Um, but I, I mean, in Philly, you know, it's two tight end sets or one or the other. But I mean, but you combine both tight ends, and, and the tight ends are seeing over twenty five percent of the targets in Philly. So uh, I think that you know Ertz is going from a beneficial situation to one that's not really going to, you know, be a ceiling spot for him in terms of DFS production uh, on a on a weekly basis. I mean, he may have some weeks where he catches two touchdowns uh which is fine but uh i mean just getting traded uh last week i i think that this week i'm gonna just take the wait and see approach on that um there's really only two tight ends that i'm heavily interested in i mean i guess maybe maybe three um that is darren waller at 6700 against philly uh, we already talked about the style of defense they play is the, the two high safeties. You're going to hear this over and over and over again this year. Two high safeties, they allow you to run the football, and they, you can attack them with tight ends over the middle of the field. So running backs and tight ends against Philly is a thing, uh, and, and Darren Waller is going to have a uh, big game, I think, this week uh, as he should be the focal point of the pass offense. We haven't really seen him have that breakout game yet this year other than week one where he had a ridiculous 19 targets. Um, so Darren Waller up top for me and Dallas Goddard, assuming he is healthy, uh, is my other guy that I'm interested in. And I say healthy in terms of illness. He didn't practice, uh, today he's recovering from an illness. So definitely something to keep an eye on, uh, watching his status heading into the weekend. But I mean, Zach Ertz actually had a higher target share than Dallas Goddard this year so far, which is, which is interesting because, you know, the, the reports in the offseason were that Goddard was the guy and that's why they were looking to trade Ertz and, you know, Ertz would be very minimally involved. And uh, now we're, we're through six weeks and, and Zach Ertz has a, had a 16% target share while Dallas Goddard only had a, a 10% target share in the, in the offense. So uh, definitely should be a usage bump for Goddard uh, getting the sole tight end role there in Philly for a position that's averaging eight and a half targets per game there to the tight end position in Philadelphia. So uh, I do like Goddard. Uh, And then other than that, we keep going back to the same game over and over again, Miami and Atlanta. Uh, You can play either tight end. I don't know that I would play Pitts because I can just play Darren Waller for 800 more. Um, But I do like Mike Jasicki. You know, Tua has taken a liking to Jalen Waddell and Gasicki and, you know, 40, 600 or 4,900, whatever he is, uh, 4,700 uh, against Atlanta. And what, what we've said over and over again should be a hot, fast-paced game. 
and Miami ranks first in neutral pass rate, and they're going to throw a lot. So definitely like Mike Kosicki here as well. And those are the the three tight ends that I'm really going to key on. Yeah, I absolutely agree on uh, Darren Waller. Uh, love him. Um, I and obviously and Mike Kosicki. I don't need to get to that. I think Mike Kosicki should be more than 4,700. I don't. I agree. I mean, with what he's been doing the last you know really month, uh, it's it's. I just think 4,700 dollars is incredibly incredibly too cheap um so the, some of the other tight ends that i i don't mind if you want to pay down i think cole Komet is still in play and he's somebody you talked about last week but played again 77 percent of the snaps he ran 21 routes which is the second most he's run all year was targeted five times targeted inside the red zone four receptions 49 yards last week i know it wasn't you know a monster week for him but at his price tag he doesn't really need to do a whole lot more uh, than that either to kind of meet value. So at 3K against Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay hasn't mm-hmm. been great against tight ends. They've allowed the 10th most DK points to the position on the season. So at 3K, I don't mind uh, him. They're going to have to throw the ball. We know that uh, the Bucks defense has the most pass attempts on them on the season, which makes a lot of sense because nobody wants to run against them. And every team is just like, all right, we're not going to, we're not going to uh, run. We're just going to pass all over you all day. And that's kind of what they've been doing. So uh, I do think this sets up for a pretty decent Cole Komet type game. So at 3K, I think you could uh, get to him. And then I think if you really wanted to get a little bit weird and pay down a tight end, I think you could. And I think you could start with maybe looking at Tommy Trouble for the Panthers. Listen, oh, I, the God. Giants have not been oh, good God. against the tight ends. Uh, you know, I, I haven't had I haven't had a, a special play yet like this in all, uh, all year. You know, you know, I I, I feel good. This, this feels good for me to be able okay. to get one of these guys in that I haven't. You know, you got some Tyler Croft vibes going on. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. And uh, the Giants, you know, surprise, surprise, have not been good against the tight end position either this year. But if you look at Tommy Tremble since the trade happened, uh, he ran uh, the most. He's 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 trickling up. I mean, forty thirty three percent against Dallas, forty uh, percent of the snaps against Philly, and then fifty three point six percent of the snaps against Minnesota. He also ran the most routes, which he ran nineteen last week. Uh, was only targeted two times the week before that. He was targeted four times. And so I just think in this game, you know, a game that you know that we like. If you want to get some different pieces from this game, because I do think this Carolina side uh, could be in for a good day. I don't mind Tommy Trimble. He's a super athletic tight end. You know, I think he's, he is one of the reasons why the, the, um, uh, <laughs> I just realized something, but he is, uh, there's actually, um, you know, the reason why they traded Dan Arnold uh, was one of the reasons why they traded him was because they have Tommy Trimble, who they just spent a third round pick on this year. But it's funny because do you know who his best comparable is? Dan Arnold. No, it's Tyler yeah. Croft. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Tyler Croft week. So I just thought that was funny when I saw that. Anyways, I do think, I know it's it's kind of thin, but only $2,700. He's becoming more and more involved in this offense. And so... I, you know, I, I don't really mind it either. He does have two deep targets already uh, as well as for somebody that has barely played this year, but is getting more and more involved in the offense. You know, I I, I kind of like Tommy Trouble a little bit here. So, um, you know, if you want to take a shot on him, he finds the goal line. You know, I think he can work out. So I do like Tommy Trouble just a little bit. You know, not somebody I'm, I'm, I'm relying on incredibly, but if you just kind of a sprinkle in maybe a 5% type play, uh, I do. I, I think he's a uh, direction you could go. Yeah, and I, I do want to just touch on Cole Komet really fast. I do like that call, especially if you're playing Brady on the other side. You know, normally you might want to include Gronk with Brady, but with Gronk being banged up and probably won't even play, uh, you know, you can easily play the two of the three wide receivers uh, on the Tampa side and, and run it back with Komet for pretty much free. Uh, in the in the four games with Justin Fields, Komet's got four targets a game. He's got it. I mean, 
they're it's not just short targets either. He's got an eight dot over twelve. Uh, he's got twenty percent of the targets and twenty five percent of the air yards. So I mean, he is got he's got a good piece of the pie there in Chicago. The issue with with Chicago has just been they haven't been throwing the ball. Uh, they they've been running it a lot, and I finally I think this is finally the week where they do have to throw it. So I think one of Mooney or Komet is going to be or could be optimal this week based on their price and and their you know their tendency to throw it deep down the field there in Chicago. So uh, I like I like Komet as well as Mooney. So definitely like that call there. Uh, I had overlooked him, but I'm I'm on board with that. That's pre- that pretty much does it for me at tight end, though. All right, let's go ahead and just jump over to the defenses and the Rams at 5K. You know, <laughs> I have never seen a defense at 5K. 5K gets the gets the Lions. Uh, I can't do it. I'm I'm sure people are going to play them. I I cannot allocate five. I want a I want a list of usernames that play the Rams at five K, and I want to send those usernames head to heads for the rest of my rest of my life. Yeah, I just I just could never in a million years imagine paying five thousand for a defense. That can just go wrong so quickly, and if you if you play them and they get you four, you know, or five. Yeah, because it's Jared it's Jared Golf revenge. I mean, he's going to throw for six hundred yards and and six touchdowns. Is what Ryan Ryan would tell you if he was on the show. Well, you know, Brian might be on the show here soon. We'll see. Maybe, maybe coming up soon. Maybe he'll be maybe, on one of our shows. Maybe we'll be. Maybe we'll be recapping Revenge Week with uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, back against Houston and Jared Goff facing Matt Stafford. And, and there's a, there's a lot of revenge this week. I don't know. There is. There's a lot of revenge narratives going on. So, anyway, so you have the Rams at five K. The Bucks are four K. Panthers are thirty five hundred. The Patriots are 3,400. Packers are 33. Dolphins are 32. The Cardinals are only 31, which I don't quite understand. But uh, the Raiders are 3K. And then you have, you know, the Ravens, the Bears, the Bengals at 2,800. So what do you do in a defense this week? I know we always start at the bottom. Let me ask you this. With the way that the Chiefs have been turning over the football, do you have any interest (laughs) in the Titans at 2,100? I mean, you have to, right? Like we talked about Washington – and how they were a viable punt defense last week. And, I mean, they did fine uh, against Kansas City. But, I mean, honestly, it's like any of these – any cheap defense that is going to play against a team that's going to throw the ball a lot is in play. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and recommend that the Titans are, you know, the optimal play at, at defense because they're not. But, again, it just goes back to playing a defense against teams that are going to throw the ball a lot and playing a cheap defense. So. Um, I mean, there's not any that really jump off the page that are super cheap, but I mean, you've got, we, like we talked about on, on just, we've talked about all show just how much Miami is going to throw the football. So, I mean, if you're not playing the Miami passing attack on a team, you may want to get Atlanta Falcons exposure because, you know, if they're not crushing me, that means two is probably turning the ball over or, you know, things that things are going wrong for the Miami offense. So, uh, I think Atlanta's interesting at 2,700. I don't think I can play Houston or Detroit. I would probably just play Tennessee at home. I probably won't play Washington on the road in Green Bay. I could, I guess you could make a case for Philly at, at the Raiders, but that one doesn't really, I don't really like that one a ton either. Um, I mean, I guess the Jets at New England, but I I feel like the Jets are going to be popular for, for some reason. I just feel like they're going to be popular. Um, so I tend, I just tend to gravitate 
down towards I as weird as it is, punting with the Titans. Uh and, and we just saw them, you know, that they just gave Josh Allen a little bit of trouble uh this past week. I mean, they were they still scored a ton of points, don't get me wrong, but I mean, Josh Allen wasn't just marching down the field like he like he normally is. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm just probably gonna end up punting like I normally do. Last just filling it, filling in my team and then figuring out what defense is left. See, well, I will say this. You you hit on my favorite defense, and that, that is the Eagles. Um, I I really, really like playing them at twenty three hundred dollars. They are eighth and adjust or seventh and adjusted sack rate on the season, and the Raiders have allowed the eighth most sacks on the season. So their offensive line is not very good. You can definitely get to the quarterback. So I like playing them. And I, you know, you could see, you know, Darius Slay, you know, getting an interception, you know, maybe house calling one or something like that. And so I like I, I do like the Eagles here in this matchup. Uh, you know, at $2,300, that's uh, super cheap. So I do like them um, uh, a, a little bit. And, you know, like, I don't mind if you like, if you want to go with the Giants, like, I don't love it. But uh, like they, the way Sam Darnold's been turning over the football, if he's not got it right, but it's tough because of the, the, the Giants are like last or second to last and adjusted sack rate on the season. So they are not getting any pressure whatsoever uh, on there with their defense. So it's going to be kind of hard to turn them over. But you know, with with the way Sam Darnold's been turning over the football too, like I don't mind twenty five hundred dollars paying for the Jets, but I'm probably not doing it. The most I would probably pay up to, and that would probably be the Cardinals at thirty one hundred dollars. But I also would be willing to guess that they're probably going to come in towards, uh, you know, more one of the higher owned defenses, especially going against Houston at only thirty one hundred dollars. I don't get why they're they're where they at. I feel like they should be more in the top tier uh, of defenses, especially as well as they played this year as a defense. Um, really opportunistic, opportunistic I've gotten after the quarterback. Um, and so I, I, I'm just a little bit surprised um, with that one. So um, other than that, that, that's kind of where I come in on defenses. If you don't have anybody else, I think it's time we uh, build a lineup. I do just want to touch on Philly real quick, just to piggyback off you uh, as you were talking about them. Uh, Las Vegas ranks fourth in situation neutral pass rate. So it's just another another notch in the belt there for the Philly defense. So to be honest, now that we, you know, kind of talked about it, I, I think Philly is is the defense that I'm going to end up on. Yeah, and I, that's pretty much what I do every single week. I just, I just go to the bottom and try to find the one I like yeah. the most. And then yeah, roll with that. I'm on board. Okay. So uh, we are going to go ahead and build this lineup for the week. Uh, before we do, um, you know, make sure that you, uh, you know, if you haven't already, jump into our Discord on, you know, for we have a DFS channel set up. You know, we'll be talking plays and stuff like that. So love to see more people on here, especially people that listen to the, through the podcast version of this. Um, you know, uh, I could put, I'll put a link in the description for the podcast, or you can go to our YouTube channel, the Fantasy Authority YouTube channel, and it's in every single uh, video description. Click on it; it's absolutely free, costs nothing. And you know, whether you play DFS or you play Redraft Dynasty, you know, we have a channel set up player props uh, for you. And you know, I will say this: the chat is hopping uh, at all times. There's always conversations going on in there, so it's a re- it's a really good community. And like I said, it's absolutely free. So. Uh, I, I, you can't really beat that. So if you're on Discord, uh, you know, I know a lot of these places put this stuff behind paywall. You have to pay for the Discord. Here, you do not have to. So, um, you know, be sure to go over and check it out. I uh, would love to see everybody over there. So let's just uh, jump into this and let's start things off. Where are we starting this week, Maddie? How about you start it this week? I've started weeks one through six. Okay. I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. That's exactly right. I'm starting right. right there. 
right, let's go. Uh, this is well, this is going to throw off our Philly Eagles defense build, but that's okay. Um, do you prefer to to stack with Goddard or Devontae? <clears throat> if you say Devontae, I'll play Waller. If you say Goddard, I'll play Jacobs. I was going to say Devontae, but okay, then let's go Waller as well. So I'll pick Waller. You pick Devontae, and then I'll go again. You're up. Um, let's go with uh, let's get some some CPAT action in here. Sixty three hundred. I can I can feel a mini stack coming on there in that game. All right, I want to go with I want to go with Jay Waddle. Here we go. That's who I was going to pick if you didn't. So we have 47.75 left. We have Jalen Hurts, CPAT, Devonta Smith, Jalen uh, Waddle, and Darren Waller with a running back, a wide receiver, a flex, and a defense left. So since we're not playing Stafford and we're probably not going to end up playing Cup, I think it makes only makes sense to play Henderson in this build. Have to You have to get some sort of Rams exposure. They're playing Detroit, and their offense is just so concentrated. Okay, um, then that's the latest 4,100 uh, per position, wide receiver flex, and defense left. All right, going to get a little bit different. We're going to do something we don't normally do, but I was going to do I was going to do James Conner in the flex, but is there anybody you like at? Thirty-eight hundred dollars at wide receiver. Yeah. Who? Um, uh, where is he? Bateman's thirty-four. Okay, because I was going to lock in the Cardinals defense and run a Cardinals defense with James Conner stack. I'm good with that. Okay. Well, that's what we'll do. Four hundred left over. Yeah. I don't think there's. Let me double check wide receiver, but I think Bateman's. Yeah, Rager, yeah, Aguilar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Trang Jefferson. Yeah, just yeah, just play Bateman. Okay, well, we'll lock this one in. So we have Jalen Hurts, Cordero Patterson, Daryl Henderson, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, Rashad Bateman, Darren Waller, James Conner, and Cardinals D with $400 left on the table. Lock that in. Yeah. I, I kind of like that team. It makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but uh, it, it does. Yeah. But it's it's definitely a tournament team. And, hey, that's what that's what we try to that's what we strive for. Yeah, I mean, you don't have no, no Devontae Adams, no Cooper Cup, or no Derrick Henry. What could go wrong? But no Tyreek Hill, no Travis Kelsey, <laughs> no Cooper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. But hey, you know this is this is the lineup that takes down the Millie, and people are like, "How did they come up with this? How did they well, come up with that?" That's right. You know, you well, could have had it I'll if you were, you know, if you're listening to the show. So I'll, I'll send you my PayPal, and you can send me my 500k. There we go. We'll just log out and take the rest of your off and do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 might might just book a trip to the Bahamas immediately. Hell, well, I, might, I, I, I definitely might come back this week. Next week, I can tell you that. I can kiss my ass if they think I'm going to come to work if I do that. But uh, <laughs> I will go live on YouTube, and I will streak around the neighborhood, just buck naked, just just you know. <laughs> On the YouTube channel, oh, so yeah, yeah, everybody can look forward to that. So, anyways, I might streak from Virginia all the way to Kansas City and meet you there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways, so again, 
be sure to join our Discord. It's absolutely free. Also, next week, we have a special guest coming on that we're all really excited about. Uh, he better not back out, or I will track him down in the city of Chicago. So, you know, just a little hint. We'll see who it is. Uh, but uh, we're excited to have this person on next week. And, uh, you know, other than that, you know, I know it's going to be a rough week this week. But if you have any questions, like I said, jump into our Discord or leave it in the comment section below. And we will see you guys next week. You can follow Maddie at MaddieDFS on Twitter. You can find me at FantasyRat13. And per always, let's go out there and get that money this week, boys and girls. Bye. Think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the war back. I see what you got. Inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy. You're a big man <laughs> I'll treat you like you're a little man Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.